Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City, and I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy a good conversation about love, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over, and probably also listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, everyone. I know I've not done a solo show in a while, but I was on Better Kansas City this week, and you know, you can only talk so much about a topic in four to five minutes. So I wanted to go ahead and do another mini cast for you all, and this time it's about resolutions for your relationship. I know we're nearing the end of January, but resolutions can still be important for a lot of people as, you know, maybe you haven't set any for next year because you just aren't sure where to get started. Oftentimes that can stop us. It's more the perfectionism of like wanting to, you know, set a goal that you can actually accomplish and all those things. And then you start pondering what you should do and then you kind of get paralyzed because you don't know where to start and then you just don't get going on anything. But if you are in a partnership, I think it is highly important that you consider a few things and discuss them with your partner as you go into 2020. It's a whole new fucking decade, you guys. Hell yes. I am so glad to be leaving the 10s behind. A lot of people were posting about, um, you know, how much their lives had changed and all the things they'd gone through in the last 10 years. I was like, <laughs> I have zero interest in putting all of that out there that I've gone through in the past 10 years. I mean, it's just been a lot. I've lived a life in the last decade. Uh, my birthday is today. I'm actually putting this episode up today on my 39th birthday. Um, you know, I am still single here at 39 years old, but I had a really good conversation with someone, um, He's also a coach. Um, His name's Rich Bracken, and we connected through Twitter. And so I was messaging him uh, just kind of about life and stuff and mentioning how my birthday uh, is Wednesday. And he goes, you know, are you excited about it? I was like, you know what, honestly, real talk, I'm kind of tired of being lonely. You know, I'm hitting my 39th birthday and it's just another reminder of, I don't have somebody in my life that's like a solid partner. Um, You know, of course he went into the, you know, but you're doing the right thing and not settling. I'm like, of course, that's the thing. That is why I am still single because I have not found that person who matches my energy, who matches my drive and ambition, and that's okay. I'm not gonna settle for somebody that isn't gonna be there for me, uh, doesn't understand what I do, doesn't like, you know, have some shit going in their life. Like, I know what I need. I am just sitting back. I mean, yeah, I'm getting out there and, and trying to meet people. I'm not just trying to wait for him to fall into my lap. <laughs> Trust me, I'm actively out there, um, you know, meeting new people. Uh, but ultimately, you know, nobody's making it past the fourth or fifth date point because I just haven't really found somebody that, uh, again, matches what I'm looking for. So you might be saying like, why are you ranting on about your singlehood? But I'm just trying to, I guess what I'm trying to get into saying is I have, I have been there. I have been in long-term relationships where we didn't take the time to really talk about the state of our relationship. We didn't pull ourselves back out of certain moments and assess 
the path that we were headed down if we continued our behavior. So if you're in a partnership and you don't want to find yourself in my situation, which is single, I mean, granted, I, okay, I wasn't with the right person. Maybe you're not with the right person either. We can talk about that some other time. Cause I definitely do coach people through that stuff too. But really why I started this business was because I wanted to help coach people into having healthier and stronger and longer lasting relationships. So I wish I'd had someone there to coach me along the way. So that's why I'm doing this. So back to the topic of resolutions for your relationship. Okay, I wanna first off talking about how you know, this is something I often get asked by people when I when I suggest that they need to start having these serious conversations about their relationship and this the state of it and where they would like to see it go. Like, well, how how do I make sure that I bring this up without it becoming a fight? You know, I don't I don't want it to like blow up into something. I, I want to have like a real conversation. A couple of thoughts come to mind with that. First off, if your communication has gotten to the point where you are having a fight, maybe it's time to talk to somebody about things that are like deeper. If you are kind of in a state of, if you're your partner, you, or just the relationship, everything turns to anger or everything turns to blame, everything turns to like hurt, that's some deeper stuff that maybe therapy is probably the first step there. But if you're not quite to that point, you're just, you know, you want to be heard and you don't want to have an argument or a fight, there's definitely ways that you need to go about communicating what you want to talk about in these situations. You know, they're probably things that you've already heard before. It's like, you know, you need to use I statements. Like, I think this, I feel this, I would like to. Um, and you've got to really convey what you want. If you are focusing, I'm sure if you've heard me talk on this show before, you have heard me talk about how you've got to frame things in the positive. You can't go at people with saying, here's what I don't want. Here's what I don't like. I didn't like this. It's much better to frame it in a positive framework and saying like what you do want. Like, I would really like this. I really want you to touch me this way. There's all sorts of ways to turn things into that statement that shows what you're wanting. Otherwise, it does leave your partner. You might have heard this. If you find yourself often saying like, I don't want this, I don't like that, I don't want to eat here, then your partner will often look at you and say, well, what do you want? I don't know. You've got to get clear on what you want and you've got to learn to communicate it. It's important to, of course, avoid always and never statements. I'm saying of course, but then I see people do it all the time. To me, it seems like common sense that you shouldn't say, you always do this and you never do that. Again, it leaves your partner the chance to simply point out the time that they did do those things. <laughs> um, when your partner blows it up and says like, well, here's the example of the one time that I actually did do that thing, uh, then it just, the argument starts. You know, things start to devolve in the conversation. So eliminate always and never. And you gotta be vulnerable, you really do. Vulnerability is about being able to put yourself out there and say, this hurt my feelings, this really upset me, this didn't sit right with me, whatever it may be, to say how you feel about a situation, a scenario, or what's going on in your relationship 
especially if it's regards to sex, you have got to be real and you've got to be honest. Like, and I'm not saying brutal honesty. Brutal to me implies that there's some some sort of a harm behind it that you know that's going to hurt somebody. You can be honest without intentionally hurting someone. You're not necessarily responsible for their reaction when you're honest. You can be honest with caring and compassion. You can be honest but compassionate and caring when you deliver that honesty. So when you're talking about the state of your relationship, the first thing you've got to do, of course, is open it up and talk about talk about a little bit about the past and then you've got to, you know, set up some framework for moving forward, right? I think it's a great idea. And and talk about these things at a time when you know that your partner is going to be receptive to just having a little time on their hands, having this, the, the uh, spontaneous conversation, just allowing the conversation to flow, whether that's in a car ride or over dinner or just after you've had sex. Those are all three great times to have conversations. Talk about what you really enjoyed over the last year. Tell them the things that you appreciated, the things that you went and did, the people that you saw, the stuff you did together or how you grew as a couple. And then when you're wanting to talk about future plans, there's ways that you can frame it to talk about how you really want something without your partner feeling like they've left you hurt or sad or unfulfilled. I mean, if if you're feeling those ways, I, I feel like you need to express it. But sometimes we're just... Again, wanting a little bit more out of our partnership. And it's not about hurt and anger and all those things. So when you're talking about the future, I saw Esther Perel showcase this beautifully in a a video that I saw her in. I watched so many Esther Perel videos, I could not even tell you which presentation it was exactly. But she talked about when you're trying to set up a framework for change with your partner, My cat's going a little crazy. Uh, Anyway, you need to frame things in like, I would like to, I would like to blank. I miss blank. Can we do that more often? And some of the examples she gave is, rather than saying, we never go to the movies anymore. You used to take me out on dates. How come you don't do that anymore? Flip it around and say it more like, I really loved when we used to go to the movies. We haven't done that in a while. Could we schedule a movie date next week? I, in fact, I know you talked about you wanted to see this film. Can we actually go this week? Think about the reaction that you will receive from your partner between those two ways of communicating. One is so incredibly like accusatory and just putting like blame upon your partner for something. And hey, isn't a date, planning a date night could be a two-way street. Maybe neither of you have really been taking the initiative. You've both like withdrawn and you're not putting that effort forward. Relationships are a two-way street. You've got to, you know, if you want your partner to start making steps towards you, you've got to make steps towards them. And the way you communicate has a huge impact on that. So again, framing it in the the framework of, uh, framing it in ways that's more like we still haven't, gone on that vacation that we talked about last year would would you still like to plan that for this year instead that's way better than going like well you didn't even take me on the vacation you promised me last year so 
It's all about the delivery. So while you're talking about what you want, ask your partner questions as well. You know, state what you'd like. And so say, I would really like to go on more walks together this year. What's something that you want to do more of? Or what's something that we used to do that you miss as well? I think some good questions to talk about, again, in that calm time that um, your partner's receptive. Ask some questions like, how do you feel about the last year? Um, or what, what can we work on together to have an even stronger connection in 2020? Like, what, what would that kind of look like for you? It can't all just be about you telling them what you want. You've got to find out what they want as well. You've got to set the priorities together. You've got to set those resolutions together. Now, one of the tough things about goals and resolutions, all those things, is that they can be, of course, really hard to keep going once you exit uh, wintertime. One of my upcoming guests, Jessica Rousseau, she talks about kind of the cycles of Ayurveda, um, you know, how like our relationships can often relate to the cycles of, of the seasons that's going on. You know, wintertime is when we, uh, we will talk about that in the next episode, actually, how wintertime is kind of that time to sort of hibernate and chill. And that springtime is really a time of action. So if you all are talking right now about the things that you want to do and you start making some, some little changes here and there, giving each other what you want and what you need in your relationship. Suddenly you're going to hit springtime and because you've already taken some little steps, it's going to be easier to start focusing on some of the bigger shifts some of the things that take a little bit longer. I talk about small changes, big shifts, thanks to Dr. Michelle Robbins. So I always want to make sure that I uh, give her a shout out when I talk about that. When you make small changes, it can lead to really big long-term changes. And plus, as you keep just over time adjusting one small thing, those things compound. But you guys have got to decide what are those small things that you want to change together. You know, a lot of couples have an imbalance when it comes to household duties. Does not matter the gender, the orientation. Oftentimes there is just an imbalance where there is one partner that tends to take care of household duties and one partner and that doesn't. So I would highly suggest you all talk about how to, if you are not comfortable, if one of the partners is not comfortable with how much it's how much work they are having to do around the house. And that doesn't just have to be about taking out the trash, doing the laundry, the dishes, you know, cleaning. That can be about who's making sure the insurance and the bills get paid. Who's making sure that the kid's schedule is up so you know what, you know, practice they have this week and where their games are. Who's running to the store and making sure you have all the supplies that you need for life. I'm talking about just the things that make life and a household run goes far-reaching. There are so many things that go into that. Maybe I'll need to renegotiate the balance of the household routines. I think that's something that's small that you can do for one another is consistently, daily, give each other a genuine compliment. Thank them for something. Tell them something nice and mean it. And don't, don't be trite about it. Don't be rushed about it. 
look your partner in the eye or send them a really sweet text and say like, hey, you look really nice today. Tell them, thank you so much. Dinner was so good last night. I'm going to love these leftovers for lunch today. You know, I appreciate you taking my car in and changing the oil for me. I've been so busy lately. I so love and appreciate you taking the time to do that for me. Baby, you've been working really hard lately. I so appreciate you. Like the overtime you've been putting in lately to pay for our family vacation. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Let me rub your back. Just be, be good to one another. Give each other a compliment. Thank and gratitude. That's really what I'm trying to get at. Give each other compliments, but also show gratitude. Something I coach my couple's clients on consistently is about having one-on-one -on -one time. Especially new parents who haven't really gotten into any sort of a routine with like a babysitter, daycare, things like that. That time has just been with like the new family member. I get it. That baby's awesome and lovable and squeezable. But first and foremost, you are a couple and you have got to maintain your relationship as a couple. This is absolutely critical for the longevity of your relationship and ultimately for being a very good role model for your kids. You've got to think about like what kind of an example do you want for your kids? If you had children who were living in a relationship like yours, would you be okay with that? Would you think that was a great relationship and would you think that they are doing the things that they need to take care of the health of their relationship or would you think that maybe they need to make some modifications you know when i think about being a good relationship example for your kids you've got to think about things like you know is, is your love language being met are you meeting your partner's love language are you touching are you kissing are you hugging uh, are you doing the things like rubbing each other's feet after a long day or um you know, one of you has been doing some, some hard labor that day uh, around the house or at work and you just need like an elbow on your back. Like you gotta, you gotta do the things to help take care of each other in that way. Um, and physical touch is something that's so influential on, um, on children as they're young, seeing their parents touch. You also need to think about, uh, you know, are you uh, resolving conflict effectively? And hey, do your kids know that you have sex? Do they see you like kiss and be intimate? Like I'm not saying see you have sex, but I am saying like there's there's sex and then there's intimacy. Okay, intimacy is a, a whole spectrum of behaviors. And it is very important for your kids to see you all have a strong intimate life together. And part of that too is having alone time. You need to have dates away from the kids. You need to have vacations away from the kids. An afternoon, I don't care. Get time for yourselves. If you aren't taking time for just the two of you, it will have an effect on your relationship in the long run. Don't doubt me on that. I think it's also important to find ways to support one another's self-care routines. Ensuring your partner is staying committed or has time to go to the gym or that you both have time for that or whatever your physical activity is, support one another in that. Whatever your routine is for de-stressing, whether that's getting a massage, meditating, having a night out with your friends, whatever that may be, find ways to be supportive. I'm not saying that everyone's... <laughs> 
Uh, everyone needs to be like, yep, my, my spouse can go out and party with their friends three nights a week. That's not what I'm saying. There's balance to all things, obviously. You can't be using your self-care routine as a way to escape life. It needs to be something that adds to your life and helps you find balance. It's not escapism. Another thing to maybe assess is how is your sleep? Are you all getting quality sleep? Is your mattress old? Is it, you know, needing to get changed out? Do you need different pillows? What do you need to do to get a good restful night's sleep together in your bed? And also how's your space? I, I think uh, a lot of you have probably listened to a previous episode where I had Robin Stevens, who's a feng shui expert on my show. And she talked about how to set up your space for romance. So have a listen to that or give her a call. Uh, it's vitally important that your home and your space is set up and conducive to, to romance and to intimacy and to everything that you need to have good energy in your home. It has an effect. It really does. All of the things I'm trying to suggest is simply to help you start being intimate at the level that you want. Nothing is ever a problem until you think it's a problem. No goal is met until you feel like you've gotten there. Like you know you and you've got to figure out what you want, what can increase your happiness, your pleasure, your joy, uh, all those things. And you've got to start communicating about it with your partner and asking for what you need. So beyond listening to this show, uh, please do listen to my other episodes, if you will. Um, There are definitely some thought leaders out there that I would suggest you take a look at. Now, for a lot of these people, I mean, you can certainly get the books I'm about to suggest, but there's also, you know, TED Talks from some of these authors. There's videos on YouTube. Oh my gosh, especially for Esther Perel and Brene Brown. You can find things about them all day long. So, and these are all things you might have heard me say previously on various outlets, but here we go. Uh, The number one book I recommend for people that are in relationships or would like to be in a relationship again one day is Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel. She is absolutely phenomenal. I cannot say enough good things about her. She really helped me make some major shifts in the way that I approach relationships and also helped me get over just some some of those cycles that I had been repeating in previous relationships. Again, that's why I'm not repeating them anymore. (laughs) I'm choosing to not be with people that would enable me to repeat those cycles before. Um, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. I do love that book as well. And I think it's important to know your love language and how you need to receive love, but also how you give love. You can take the quiz on the website, but I think it's vitally important to read the book. Don't just take the quiz and go, this is my love language and this is his and or hers, whatever. And no, that's not gonna, that's not gonna cut it. You need to read the book. Brene Brown has a plethora of books and videos. Again, she's amazing, but I do recommend The Power of Vulnerability. Get the book too, because I believe there's like a workbook. I did the audio version and they talk about this, you know, workbook section. So I really wish I actually had the physical book, but I did the audio book version. Brene Brown is a researcher. She talks about shame, 
and vulnerability. So uh, intense topics, certainly, but she is so hilarious and delivers the information in such an incredible way. She does also have a Netflix special. That fucking special had me crying within like five minutes, but it was just one of those days partly, but also like she will just hit you in the feels. Uh, also, Hold Me Tight by Sue Johnson and Come As You Are by Emily Nagowski. There's the book, Come As You Are, and then she has a workbook that's kind of an accompaniment. You do have to order them separate. I found online. I haven't found them for sale together at a actual um, bookstore. So might have to order those on Amazon to get the book and workbook for Come As You Are by Emily Nagowski. Okay, I think I've rambled on enough about resolutions for your relationship. Thank you to everyone for listening. I so appreciate you. Uh, this has been fun. I can't believe I'm already past 50 episodes. I guess this will be my 52nd episode. Yeah, I was so appreciate my listeners. I, I love when you see me in person or you send me a message and, and mention an episode that you really enjoyed or that you've shared it with somebody. Uh, I can't thank you all enough. This has been a fun ride. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. And check the show notes for stuff we discussed in the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my not safe for work email list called the dirty bird. If you want more content about sex and relationships, you can support said content like my work with this podcast and other forms of media by visiting listener support with anchor FM or visit patreon.com to become one of my patrons. Again, check the show notes. I have links for you there. My theme song is original music by M Kusa. until next time. <laughs>